now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Andy Shilton. And I'm Steph Barnett. Today on the show, I speak to Jennifer Lunn about her new theatrical production of an elderly lesbian couple, Ez and Flo. And West End Divas, we chat to one of the performers of this stunning drag spectacular. All that and much more today, right here on Shout Out. Sorry, I wasn't quite quick enough. (laughs) You were flagging just slightly, Mr. Shilton. Just very slightly. Yeah, it's because Terry texted me just before we went went on air and went, I can't hear anything. He's he's, he's remote. So either Terry. I can see him breathing. Terry, are you there? Yeah, Terry's remoting in. He is talking because I can see him bouncing up and down. I can too, but I can't hear him now. I don't know why. Right, in the meantime, happy Lesbian Visibility Week to everyone. That was started in July 1990 in California. There we go. Oh. Mm. I know. And, of course, we've got um, something to celebrate that. A good interview with Jennifer Lunn. Really interesting. You know, it's funny how elderly queer people seem to be... Well, in fact... All elderly people, if you see a really old couple kissing, whether straight or, or gay, out in the street or anywhere, or even on telly, people seem to recoil slightly. You know, it always has to be young love, whereas... Is anyone they're looking at you? Well, no, I am old, <laughs> and so, but, you know, you do... But I think some people are sort of repelled. By, maybe it's that they see their parents? Yeah. Do you think that's a parental thing? You know, they're seeing their mum and dad in their eyes. Do you not think so? Yeah. See, I've I've never found that. It's just like, that's what my parents do. (laughs) It's no no different to anything because they've always, my parents have always done things like that. So it doesn't, it doesn't. Are they always snuggling up, Andy? I wouldn't say they're always snuggling up, but they're quite often. Sort of kissed each other when dad comes home from work there's or something things wrong like that. With it. No, you make it it's sound like there's something wrong. Yeah, it's part of no, normal. But it's a well known fact. Thing, yes, it? it is. Yeah, it's a well known thing that people don't like to see elderly people I, kissing I, in public. I suppose yeah. I wouldn't necessarily call my parents elderly because they're only in their, in, in their um, mid 60s. So do, do you not think that's going to change within, as people as people are growing through from different eras? No. There's a different attitude towards well, sex. Well, there, there is, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think there is. No one wants to imagine their parents at it you know <laughs> not not a vision you want really is it <laughs> see there you go there you go it's, 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 it's just part of normal <laughs> society I'm sure I, I'm sure some of our parents don't think the things that we made you maybe yeah. I think what we're that, saying is I think I concur there with having a daughter I just don't want it yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it, 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 it works it, it works both ways <laughs> it's like you're one of my closest friends I really don't want to imagine you with your tongue down someone's throat I've got nothing to say to that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I say, Prince or Princess Charming may come along and 
Who knows? Get a room. <laughs> I think it's There's more what, a theatre. Spare room. If you I, want to I, jump I, off wardrobes, do it in your own time. <laughs> <laughs> you spend too much time in. You spend too much time in Narnia, Mr. Sheldon. <laughs> no, no, that was that was a reference to our lovely friend, um, wasn't it? Cancel the windows. Yes, I remember. Yes. yes, that was quite fun. Wasn't Apparently, it? Apparently we all jump off wardrobes in the bedroom. Yes. Yeah. Is he still a councillor? Uh, um, I, I think so. Last time I checked, he, he had got he had run again. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I won't lie; he's not someone I particularly want to follow. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's going to be quite safe if he's not jumping off wardrobes like every queer person is, yeah. supposedly. True. We must have strong wardrobes. Yes. Yeah. The IKEA they build them well, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah. I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, in gay homes, they're not built in wardrobes. No, they're all fixed to the wall, so yeah. for safety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. IKEA with, with ropes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, um, this is your piece, isn't it? It's Ez and Flow. Yeah, beautiful production of an elderly lesbian. Um, couple now it's based around greenham common so we do talk about that so if the younger listeners don't um get the link of greenham common then just listen closely right as a, a queer person myself of a certain age and we won't even go there because i know mr andy Shilton mentions my age quite often and i'm about to tilt over the 70 mark the aged queer community seem to be missing somewhat um, in stories, whether that's books, theatre or cinema. I'm joined by Jennifer Lunn, and she's written Ez and Flow, which is about an elderly lesbian couple. Welcome to Shoutout, Jennifer. Hi there. Um, yeah, it's a, a, a lovely uh, play um, about an, an older uh, lesbian couple who were in their 60s and 70s. And... Do you know what? It's you're exactly right. That I I think I one of the big reasons why I wrote this was because I just wasn't seeing any representation of older queer couples uh, and particularly sort of love stories. Um, if we did see older queer people um, on stage or in stories, they were often lonely or, uh, you know, just sort of, oh, well, it never quite worked out for me and all of that. And I really wanted to write something that celebrated um, a sort of lifelong uh, love. Um, and of course, the story is not without its uh, dramas and problems, but it, it does center around a, a very beautiful love story between two women. Um, and we're we're just in technical rehearsals for it at the moment. We open on Friday, um, and I feel really proud when I watch it to see these these two older women on stage um, having a kiss, having a smooch, having a dance. And I just don't think I've ever seen that before. No, do you think though that even if you're watching a heterosexual couple that are elderly on at the cinema or on TV? People seem to bulk, don't they? Especially the, the younger members of our of our communities. Um, and I wonder what that is that we don't like to see elderly people kissing and cuddling. Do, do you think it's maybe that people think of their parents and they don't like the thought of that? I don't know. It is. I think it is a strange thing. It is. I, I think there is a real thing um, that we sort of imagine that once people get to about sixty. 
um, that's it for them. And then they should just sit on the sofa and hold hands <laughs> and that will be plenty. Right. Um, and actually, you know, it, it was really important uh, to both me and, and Susie McKenna, the director. One of the things we've talked about a lot is it's really important that these these women are still, we still see them as, as sexual um, beings, as people who are having a really vibrant life. Um, and one of the characters, um, Esme in the, in the show, is at the beginning of having dementia. And, and again, that felt really important that we weren't just writing off people who had a dementia diagnosis because dementia is a really long journey it's not like oh you get diagnosed and then that's it you you're put in a home and you don't have anything to contribute anymore you know there are people living with dementia uh, at all sorts of stages of that uh, who are still in very loving relationships who are still able to to contribute and take part and enjoy their lives um and be with the people that they love um so all of that felt really important to me and i think I mean, uh, Doreen Blackstock and Liz Crowther, who play uh, Flo and Ez, are absolutely gorgeous and, and so lovely to watch on stage. It, it, it literally just warms my heart watching them. Oh, so I'm, I'm okay. hoping it will bring lots of joy uh, to lots of people. Mm, I'm, I'm sure it will. Now, let's take you back in time, shall we? Let's go back. Were you always attracted to the theatre and, um, and writing or even performing? Uh, not writing. I, 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 I grew up uh, doing uh, sort of amateur theatre. Um, I, I started at 12 weeks old. I was in a production of the, the, Scottish, uh, the Scottish tragedy. So I have my parents to blame uh, for this. So I grew up doing it. Um, and I originally trained as a director, actually, um, uh, back 25-odd uh, years ago. Um, and... I would never have thought about being a writer. I didn't think I was clever enough or any of those things. Um, and worked with a lot of writers, worked on a lot of new writing, that sort of thing. Uh, and then it was just, I, I did, I literally woke up one morning and I said to my wife, oh, do you know what, I'd love to see a play about like an older lesbian couple and maybe this and maybe that. And she said, well, no one else is going to write it, so you'll have to. Mm. And so she sort of set me the challenge, really. Um, and I had no idea whether I could write um, or should write. Um, but I started and I was really lucky. I had some very generous friends who read little bits for me. And it took a long time. You know, I've, I've been writing this play for probably 10 years. Um, and it was my first play, really. Um, but it, it, it struck a chord with people. It was shortlisted for an award back in 2017. And that's when it was picked up by Wales Millennium Centre. Um, Graham Farrow, the artistic director um, here, uh, was on the panel for the Verity Bargate Award, which it was shortlisted for. And he said immediately, I, I love this. I really want us to do it. So I've been developing the show with Wales Millennium Centre uh, ever since um, we had a couple of postponements, one um, in uh, the summer of 2020, as many theatre makers did. <laughs> um, but they've they've been amazing here at WMC, and they've they've really stuck with the show. and And here we are um, about to about to open uh, this week, and also then 
uh, in June transferring to London where we'll be at the Kiln Theatre from the 5th of June to the 24th of June. So it's a it's a really extraordinary journey for me. You know, it, it was my first play and, and here it is um, having this this production at uh, uh, Wales Millennium Centre in Cardiff and a transfer to London. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit over the moon and equally terrified at the same time. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> what a lovely journey. Ten years in the making and your baby is about to be born. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is it just centred around the, the two main characters, as in Flo? Is there anyone else on stage or is the whole play just those two? No, it's a cast of five. Um, they're all women. Um, that was really important to me. I wanted to write about women, but I wanted to write about a real mixture of women. I wanted to have um, a, a really diverse set of women on stage. So we have um, our, our oldest character is, is 71, but our youngest character is eight. So we have some wonderful little girls um, working with us, two, two here in Cardiff and two in London. Um, and uh, we then have uh, uh, two other characters. And, and, and really, the, the play is sort of a bit of an analogy for Greenham Common. Uh, for anyone who doesn't, who hasn't heard of Greenham Common, um, uh, uh, Greenham Common um, was a, a massive part of the kind of feminist movement in the 1980s. Um, and it was started with a march that started here in Cardiff and a group of 40, mostly women, uh, walked from Cardiff to Greenham, uh, which is near Newbury, um, as a protest against the fact that Americans were going to bring some nuclear weapons and put them uh, in England um, without really asking anybody. Um, uh, and they, they marched all the way to Greenham and it didn't really attract as much attention as they'd hoped. So when they got there, they chained themselves to the fence um, and that didn't quite get much attention either. And so they set up a camp uh, and that camp at Greenham was there for about 20, uh, yeah, about 20 years. Um, and it, it, they saw off the, the weapons in the end. They, they also managed to return that, um, that land uh, to the people um, locally, it, became, it went back to being common land um, from being an American airbase. Their third aim was really to smash the patriarchy, and we're not quite there yet, but we're we're still working on it. Um, but the play sort of it it, it represents Greenham. The, the the two characters, as and Flow, um, uh, the the play talks about them having met at Greenham. But I always think of Greenham as being this thing where women came together to fight a really specific crisis, which was this uh, nuclear crisis. But whilst being there, they, they did so much more and they discovered so much more. And, and for lots of women in the 80s, like just going and being at this camp was a time of discovering who they were and how they could live and that they could choose their families and they could choose who they loved and who they lived with and how they lived. Um, and the play is really about that. It's about these five women finding each other um, and learning about themselves and discovering that they can be stronger together and that they can be a, a rather amazing found chosen family, um, which feels so important, I think, particularly for um, the queer community because 
you know, we're doing that all the time. Um, so I hope the play really reflects that. Um, yeah. It's a, a large part of British history now, isn't it? Greenham Common. Um, it became very famous um, for some really good positive stuff. Yeah, um, it's what's surprising is how few people, particularly the younger generation, know about it. So we've we've been doing quite a bit of work to try and let people know about it. We've got some amazing workshops happening here at Wales Millennium Centre um, uh, this week and next week um, with an amazing group um, called Green and Women Everywhere. Um, he'll be doing some talks and there's some singers coming and there's going to be craft workshops and ways to find out about Greenham. And we've got a wonderful photographic exhibition by Wendy Carrig, um, which is some photos from Greenham Common from the 80s, which are absolutely stunning. And they'll be up outside the theatre um, for people to have a look at just before they go in. So, yeah, we're hoping to to teach people a bit about Greenham as well. Yeah, I think it's important that we don't let our history go. And Greenham Common was such an important part of, of our history of what the Brits do, protesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think at this time now when protest is a little bit under threat, it's really oh, important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's important to remember that it, we can really make a change. And, you know, it, a lot of people wrote the Greenham women off as being mad lesbians who were all burning their bras and living in the mud but um you know it they worked. they, they ha it worked and and you know gorbachev mentioned them in one of his speeches when they were when they were when they were doing perestroika and all of that you know he said these women these women brought this to the world's attention um isn't it funny, um, isn't it funny jennifer we move on and we had gorbachev and such a friendly russian leader and we thought such brilliant things down the Berlin Wall, down come the Soviet Union, all the Eastern European countries that were under the Soviet Union all become independent and free. And now look, who would have thought? Yeah, I know. It's what terrifying. Yeah, yeah. But you're but, right. I think it's really important that we just keep remembering our history. And, and we've tried to get as, as many bits of... Um, of queer history particularly into the play so there's mentions of section 28 um which which some young people won't be aware of now um Dude, that's and, scary right there isn't it that, that you know queer yeah. people will have forgotten about section 28 i know um but it's so we've we've tried to put in as much of that and to really i think one of the things i was really interested in looking at was what is it like to be an older queer person in a world where, you know, where, which is, and it's brilliant that this is the case, but that young people are much more open, they're much more fluid in terms of gender and sexuality and all of that kind of stuff. And we have a moment in the play where the little girl says to one of the older women, oh, some girls marry girls, get over it. And I just think there's, there's quite a sort of funny um moment in that because it's great that the kids feel like this that like oh it's not a big deal anymore or whatever but if you're in your 70s and actually there were periods of your life where you had to keep that a secret because otherwise you would have lost your job or gone to jail or lost your kids or or been ostracized by your family or by your community and that how that is for the older generation, I think, of that transition from 
we had to keep these things a secret to save ourselves, to protect ourselves. Yep. And now it's like, oh, don't worry about it. Mm. I, you know, just just get over it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wanted think- to sort of, I wanted to put that out there and just be like, let's not forget yeah, that exactly. is a truth. I guess the analogy with Section 28 is what trans people are going through in some states, yeah, and, which is basically the same. You you are fearful for being for being trans, especially uh, yeah. trans female. Yeah, um, so, uh, and yeah, and and I'd love to say it wasn't happening here, but it you know we have we have plenty of that kind of thing oh, here as don't well. That we, we just Jennifer, and it's, yeah. it's not good. So let's keep on reminding people and get yeah. Some of this. yeah. Um. So repeat where where it's on right so yes also your social medias and your website amazing so um we are uh, opening at wales millennium center on friday the 28th of april and running until saturday the 13th of may and we're then at the kiln theater in london um and running from the 5th of june until the 24th of june um you can get tickets at uh wmc.org.uk for Wales Millennium Centre or kilntheatre.com for London. Um, We are on, both theatres are on all the socials. Um, You'll find uh, WMC at, um, they are, I think, at the centre. And I think it's at Kiln Theatre for the Kiln. Um, So please check us out. There's loads of lovely content online. There's videos, there's photos from rehearsals. um, There's lots of uh, interviews with the cast and stuff like that um, and we'd really love to see as many people as possible we've got um uh, accessible performances at both theaters as well including uh, relaxed performances which we hope will be available as well to anyone who's living with dementia and might need a, a, a slightly more relaxed environment in which to to watch the show um, but yeah i would just love for this story to reach as many people as possible and 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 to sort of be that representation for those of us who just don't see ourselves on stage or on film enough. Um, so yeah, that's why I've written it. And I, I, I hope that we can reach, reach lots of people in that way. So thanks so much for, for inviting me on. It's been great. That's absolutely no problem. Uh, we applaud you for, for what you're <laughs> doing. Thank you, Jennifer Lund, for joining us on Shout Out. <laughs> Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. That's crying. I oh, know that's Roy Orbison and Katie Lang, that one there. Nice one. Beautiful. Yeah. I love Roy Orbison. Oh, I was just saying, Katie Lang also rec- recorded, um, was it Constant Craving? Yes. Yeah. That was a big hit, yeah. Lovely song, that one, yeah. wasn't it? So, it was. Were you a Katie Lang fan then, Terry? Um, I've I've been to a Katie Lang concert. I was doing fundraising for Terence Higgins Trust a long time ago. Oh, it was a oh. very very gay audience. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, you wanted our listeners to know where you where you're residing at the moment because you're actually not in the studio. I'm not in the studio tonight. I'm in uh, my uh, crypt beneath my Gothic mansion. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and who's with you? 
Tub Daily. <laughs> tub Daily, isn't it? Okay. Are there chains involved? No, knitting. Mosquitoes. <laughs> oh, so, uh, this is your crochet. Uh, anyway, should we get some news headlines? Of course. This is Shout Out News on Thursday the 27th of April. In recent international news, Disney in Florida, one of the largest employers in the state and a key driver of tourism, has hit back with a lawsuit att- against attempts by the far-right administration of Ron DeSantis to silence its opposition to reactionary policies. NBC News reports that on Wednesday, Disney filed a lawsuit in federal court against officials alleging a, quote, targeted campaign of government retaliation after the company publicly opposed a state law that critics call Don't Say Gay. Equality Florida, a diversity advocacy group, says, We knew going into this legislative session that DeSantis's legislature would use their supermajority to ram through an unprecedented slate of hate, but that doesn't make these bills passing any less frightening or dangerous. Activists also note that the far-right government is undermining the teaching of black history in schools. Civil rights group the NAACP, Disability Rights Florida and Common Cause have also united to sue Florida over attempts to disenfranchise black and disabled voters. The left-wing feminist group the Freedom Socialist Party writes in its latest issue of its newspaper, quote, the current wave of states' reactionary legislation, anti-LGBTQ attacks, anti-Jewish rhetoric and backlash to black civil rights did not start with Donald Trump and it will not end with him either. To combat this wave of reaction, it will take all of us who are assailed by right-wing extremism to band together to fight back. That means organising in our unions, social groups, schools and workplaces to support a multi-issue programme of mutual solidarity with all those under attack. LGBTQIA plus author and activist and spiritual elder Rachel Pollock has passed on to the realm of our honoured LGBT plus ancestors at the age of 77. Pagan blog The Wild Hunt notes that Pollock's stories in the genres of science fiction and fantasy have been critically acclaimed and have won awards. The Arthur C. Clarke Award in 1989 for Unquenchable Fire and in 1997 Godmother Night won the World Fantasy Award for Best Novel. Her novel Temporary Agency was nominated for the Nebula Award, the James T. Tiptree Award and the Mythopoetic Award in 1994. She was an expert on tarot cards and esoteric spirituality, with The Guardian noting that she brought Jungian analysis to bear on tarot readings. Whilst in London in the early 70s, Rachel was involved in the small trans liberation group that met under the met under the auspices of the wider Gay Liberation Front. She created the first trans comic book character in 1993 for DC Comics, and author Neil Gaiman also notes that Rachel was connected as well to her Jewish background, linking New Age with ancient Jewish spirituality. The Wild Hunt blog concludes, whilst the world is less bright and shiny without Pollock physically being present now, her words, wisdom and knowledge will continue to be a guiding light for those trying to find their way. 
Now, although homophobia sadly exists in all movements, there is also a strong sense of solidarity between the LGBT plus and vegan animal rights movements, with many crossovers between activism and analysis on how to build a better world. The vegan website Plant Based News reports that a US-based vegan food brand is partnering with groups such as the Human Rights Campaign and the American Civil Liberties Union to back protest against Tennessee's extreme anti-drag shows ban. We usually stay out of politics, but when you mess with brunch, you mess with us, Tom Rossmessel, the head of global marketing for Just Egg, said in a statement. Eat Just, the maker of Just Egg, has launched its Brunches for Everyone campaign. It sees the food manufacturer sponsoring drag brunches in Tennessee and supplying them with its vegan egg products. Eat Just maintains that the legislation proposals in Tennessee and elsewhere are attempts to divide communities. This while trying to smear talented and expressive performers by painting them as predatory and a threat to family values. Responding to this rhetoric, Eat Just reiterated that it wants to help create a healthier, more sustainable and more just world. As such, it is committed to a multi-platform fundraising effort that will donate funds to the human rights campaign, local LGBT plus charities, including the Tennessee Equality Project. The tobacco factory in our home city of Bristol has always welcomed LGBT plus clientele and put on events for the very gay-friendly BS3 district. B247 newspaper gives thumbs up to a great inclusive exploration of disability, sex and relationships that was held at the tobacco factory in mid-April. In the play Animal, Christopher John Slater is David, a 25-year-old prospective journalist and part-time public speaker. He suffers from cerebral palsy, a condition that affects everything in his life. Key to the play's subject is that it also inhibits him intimately. David wants the sexual intimacy that all gay men would like in their lives and as such he delves into the world of the dating app Grinder. Harry Singh co-stars as David's lifelong friend Manny whilst Joshua Libbard is Liam who at first is just one in a line of David hookups but soon becomes something more. Hilarious, challenging and heartbreaking, Animal won the inaugural Through the Mill Prize supported by the gay playwright Jonathan Harvey and was shortlifted in the top five for the Papatango Prize out of more than 1,500 entries. The gay scene magazine QX reports that Animal continues to tour nationally to rave reviews. In spiritual news, the cult of Antinous, a largely gay and bisexual male religion, says that the Temple of of Avalon in the spiritual town of Glastonbury in southwest England has installed a new consecrated bust of Antinous a lover of the Emperor Hadrian, who was worshipped in the 2nd century CE. They say, Martin Campbell, the first known British priest of Antinous since ancient times, dedicated the bust into the Temple of Avalon. The temple already has a large following of LGBT plus pagans, as it says that it aims to be fully inclusive to celebrate the sacred feminine, masculine and non-binary forms of the divine in Avalon, old and new. And some news in brief. Pink News reports that a male Spanish footballer has come out as gay. Alberto Lejaraga is the goalkeeper for Marbella, who won promotion last week. He joins a small but growing number of gay men at the professional level within the sport. The anarchist newspaper Freedom says that anti-fascists are celebrating after the far-right group Patriotic Alternative, who have orchestrated hate campaigns against drag performers, splintered into two rival factions. However, a new report on the antics of the far-right by the group Red Flare warns that this split may be a sign of a more dangerous time, as the tactics of online recruitment and radicalisation are combined with community organisation and electoral politics. 
Exciting news for Bristolian listeners now. One of the family of small-scale radio stations that Shout Out broadcasts on is joining local DAB services. Base Radio from the heart of Noel West Estate goes on to DAB Radio from Saturday. They transmit Shout Out at 10am on Friday mornings. Meanwhile, the ailing dance community stations, SWU in Bristol, has been purchased by Rince FM, an experienced dance station from London. SWU had a considerable LGBTQ plus following and these listeners will be pleased to know that the service will soon be back on the air. And finally, we need to say a belated Eid Mubarak to all our Muslim listeners and to LGBTQIA plus Muslims and their friends everywhere. The festival of Eid al-Fitr fell on Saturday night last, bringing the holy month of Ramadan to a close for another year. Looking ahead to this weekend, we have a bank holiday in the UK for May Day. This is International Workers' Day in left-wing traditions and will be celebrated by a considerable number of LGBTQIA plus people who are active in trade unions, socialist, social democratic left-wing and anarchist organisations. Finally, the night of April the 30th is the Feast of Beltane in many pagan traditions. It marks the height of spring and is a major fertility festival with many folk traditions from ancient times persisting across Europe from the pre-Christian era, perhaps from the Stone Age. Some queer pagans have found the Beltane fertility narrative within some branches of paganism to be an excuse for veiled homophobia. However, the overwhelming majority of pagan groups in the UK and Ireland are queer friendly and there are also many groups that specialise in queer spirituality. These include the Minoan Brotherhood, Cult of Antinous, Dianic Wicca, Feminist Goddess Worship and many other paths. That's it for this week's news. Check out our website for more, but why not also keep in touch with one of the many LGBT plus news feeds, podcasts and radio stations available. Just do an internet search and you'll get a choice of dozens. For Shout Out News, I've been Terry Starr. Shout Out News. National and international LGBT news for you. Shout Out. LGBT radio for you. Uh, Thank you to the lovely Terry there. So, uh, West End Divas. Mm. Yeah, time to go to London for a trip to see some drag. I love the beginning of this. This is so good, this. (laughs) Have a listen. Right, let me just get a level from you, Connor. Can you just tell me what you have for breakfast? I had a special K for breakfast. Wow. I know. What can I say? You just said that out loud. I did. I did. Didn't have anything on it. It was bland as anything. I am going to keep that in. (laughs) oh dear yeah that would be your embarrassment moment for 2023 oh look yeah i had to be honest it's hard not to be (laughs) (laughs) right so uh welcome to shout out connor ensor now you're an aussie i am now let's go back first before we start on the the divas that are on in the west end let's take you way back so how did you get into theatre? Um, so I got into theatre back in uh, back in school time, really. I found that I just really enjoyed, you know, getting up and having a blast in, you know, in front of my peers and just, yeah, I just, I think ever since I was a kid, um, I've always had that kind of performance. You, have, a, you have appeared in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, haven't you? I have. So tell me a little bit about that. How did you get into that and who did you play? 
Um, that one I got into back over in Australia. Obviously, a great place to do it. Um, I uh, played the role of Tick, um, which is just like, and it was a, a phenomenal experience. It, um, yeah, I got obviously just by auditioning. I mean, I heard about it, thought, give it a crack, see if I'll mm. see if I get in. And yeah, fortunately enough, I did. And yeah, no, the experience is wonderful. Like, um, again, coming from, as you, as you mentioned before, um, coming from my own personal background, it was, you know, quite a challenge to make sure that I was doing it justice and make mm. sure I was being respectful of my portrayal. Uh, but fortunately, I had, you know, um, some non-binary castmates and some... Um, and castmates are basically all sexualities as well, which is phenomenal. So I could really pick off and see, hey, look, does this work? Is that kind of, you know, is that an experience that you feel is justified? And that this experience, you know, if what I'm portraying is respectful and works. Um, and yeah, I was just so fortunate to have such a, I guess, really supportive bunch of castmates to really make that show what it was, really. Mm, yeah. Now, you don't mind me saying, because I've already asked your permission, you're straight. Uh, um, but you've been really supported, haven't you? In, in I really films, have. Um, not just Priscilla, but in the current Divas West End production. Yeah, so, no, absolutely. So uh, you, you've dragged up before this, uh, I guess, for obviously for uh, Priscilla. I certainly did, yes. Um, so how is that for, for a straight guy? Do, do you have to sort of zone in and get, get the part <laughs> in your head or... Tell me. I, for me, it's it's it is strange and liberating for me. I guess like coming from my background, it's um, you know, I've you know, growing up, I was very sporty. I was kind of in a bit of I say the lad kind of culture. So um, being able to just you know let go of those you know, the inhibitions and also Queensland, Australia does have still a lot left over from um, particularly bad times back in the eighties uh, when it comes to you know. Um, their treatment of different sexualities and genders. So it's, um, yeah. So John, you know, letting go of that and actually, again, having that support of the castmates and just being able to, yeah, really dive in and um, let go and just try walking in heels. That was the big thing, you know, um, <laughs> practice that one again and again and again. How um, high are yeah. the heels, uh, Connor? I was, so I did, I, I, a couple were, I admit, very conservative little heels, but one was a nice, uh, a nice big, probably about six inch. Oh, wow! But yeah, wow. It was does that give blood. you a nosebleed? <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm not the tallest of people. I was like, this is a, this is what it feels like to be over six foot. I was like, this is great. <laughs> um, no, no, so but uh, you're yeah. not getting a pension for cross dressing now since all this. Ah, uh, look, but I can say I'm not. I'm, um, I love doing it for shows. That's, that's certainly a thing. And like being in a, being a cast of it, I don't think I've quite got the strength of to go and do it on my own and be out there. I think I mean, the, the respect I have, it's such a hell of a, like, you know, watching RuPaul's, I'm like, you guys are amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. this is phenomenal. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not, not quite there yet, but uh, maybe one day. Never know. Uh, there's there's an awful lot of bravery that goes on in the yeah. uh, in the queer community, Connor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like said, you said, you did too. You know, the cast being super brave. Now, tell me a little bit about the show that's coming up. Um, so the show is obviously a tribute to all of those fantastic divas we've had over the years. We've got from Whitney to Britney to Amy Winehouse and all different the different styles they've done. Um, it's a um, so we've got the four main cast. We've got obviously Simon as the compere. It's going to be fa looking fabulous, all um, completely uh, in his 
get up. We've got, um, yeah, two extraordinarily talented ladies in there as well, giving us their fantastic vocals and performances. Mm-hmm. And myself diving in around. Um, going, I get to, you know, I'll be in and out, I think, of a bit of drag in that one as well. So going from more male presenting things to the the drag styles. Um, How long does it take you to get ready in, in drag for your makeup? You've got somebody that actually does your makeup for you and helps you with with the dressing? Uh, yeah, so that, that'll definitely be that'll definitely be a, a big factor with that one. Um, so making sure that you know, it's all all spick and spec. I think because of the um, it won't be as it won't be completely full drag for that one just because I'll be going in and out a bit of of the costuming. So um, I think it's going to be a bit more of a what's that, a hint to it rather than a, like a full blown as Simon I believe will be will be you know okay yeah 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 fan. Yeah phenomenally fantastic in there so so i uh, guess you've done lots of practicing of switching how long does it take you to get off stage as one gender and go on as another um well so priscilla was a great one to practice that actually to be fair even before this one and that was seconds so we had about the the quickest was 15 seconds uh 10 to 15 seconds to go from a full drag get up just to jeans and a shirt um which was yeah again you wow. need p- people people were needed uh, it was about two people dressing us and undressing us um yeah so any conservative i guess feelings going to go out the window especially in a show like that which is a uh, which is good <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah i guess when you're all stripping off backstage no one's caring are they you're just no one is caring getting <laughs> back on <laughs> yeah exactly right it just it is what it is yeah something, something falls out but you get there <laughs> Yeah. How did you actually get pulled into this drag show? Uh, this one was, okay, uh, through my agent. I got an audition for it. Um, so through a couple of rounds with um, Simon. Um, so I performed those auditions and I was fortunate enough to get it over, a, you know, obviously, a very talented bunch that I was very lucky to, you know, get yeah. in. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's um, basically just the same, you know, regular kind of auditioning for a show. And um, it was, yeah, I was just, again, fortunate oh, well. to... Well done, yeah. you. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Right, tell us about the uh, where people can get tickets, social medias, and so um, tickets can be bought obviously online. There is a release through the Prince of Wales Jury Theatre and Ticketek, um, so you can go through those sources to grab tickets. Uh, we do have a Sunday brunch uh, where we have um, prosecco and food. That is going to be oh, absolutely amazing tickets for there. Now, Connor, what's coming up for you in the future? Um, it's a very good question. Um, nothing, nothing quite on the horizon just yet, but hopefully uh, some big things will be coming after it as well. Potentially, if this one does really well, might be extending the season. That would be that'll be wonderful. Um, I think despite the negativity, uh, uh, especially in the States and this country, against drag at the moment and like the drag story hour, um, which yes. is quite appalling. Um, and yeah. I guess there's some of that also in Australia. Um, it It is so popular and it's been a part of history for, for the UK, especially um, in theatre. And I don't get why all this animosity all of a sudden that something is that's centuries old. Uh, so I, I think the majority of UK people will think, I love drag. There's no threat. And I, I think you'll be doing extensions to the tour. Oh, yes. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. I think where we're doing it in the middle of Covent Garden is going to be going to really yeah. help that as well, I think. 
yeah indeed nice place to do it as well oh, yeah. yeah middle of summer, well, summer coming up oh yeah exactly okay yeah. conrad so thank you very much for uh, coming on to shout out and break a leg uh, thank you very much thank you for having me for more information about shout out radio visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt shout out lgbt radio for you the shout out podcast that's the lovely matt alba and end of the world we've actually had him play that live here in the studio a few years ago as well it's absolutely wonderful was it this studio or the Beacon? It was. It was the one, uh, the, the previous one over at the uh, over at the Beacon, the Beacon Centre. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, he also he came over to Bristol and he performed on the Grain Barge. It was absolutely wonderful experience. Mm. He's a very talented guy. Mm. <coughs> so, well worth checking out the video as well. The video is on YouTube. Matt Alba, End of the World, um, very very well made. <laughs> just been added to spotify there are other ones available <laughs> <laughs> a few yes uh, now how many of you were fans of heartstopper when it came out sorry, on netflix sorry what, what is heartstopper oh dear 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 please don't say that tara you, <laughs> she's messing around i was gonna say some of us are looking very blankly so yeah. no, no we're not love, it, love it love it uh, well for it's, those of you that don't know you, you are in the minority it is actually a set of books written by um alice uh, um osman is her name um and it's a it's a gay coming out story of um kind of like teenagers fall, mm. falling in love it's like the modern equivalent of like yeah. beautiful thing in the 90s series was lovely wasn't and, the, it? and netflix made a series of it um and um kit connor and joe Locke played played the two leads that you know um kind of come to terms with their sexuality and fall in love in the light it was a massive massive hit on on netflix season two is coming out on the 3rd of august yep right. hey ho um, and uh, they, they've said that it's gonna it's it's gonna be a kind of like more adult version. That they're, they're kind of getting a bit more mature. I think that they've said. So it's um, gonna be pornographic. No, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> mean that. So. Uh, Only you would go that level. Well. I mean, uh, so quick as well. Okay. <laughs> so, now, so if so I did the gust so far too often. Hey, then. guess guess where the TARDIS landed this week? Bristol. Clifton, Bristol. Oh, really? Yeah, yes, and it was all decked out for Christmas. Russell T. Yes. Davis was yep. in Clifton. Yes. Oh. Ready oh. for the special coming up mm. at the end of the... It is the end of this year, isn't it? The yes, there's there's a couple coming out, and then there's a one at Christmas, isn't there? So yeah. I think I think the series kicks off before Christmas, if I recall. Um, yes, somewhere it's the 60th around. anniversary. Yeah. Um, and there, there's, a, there's, a, there's only two or three of them coming out, and then there's a Christmas special. He seems to love Bristol, doesn't he? He does yes. a lot of film in here. Yes. Yeah, they, they did lots over in Portland Square for um, um, back when David Tennant was, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. was in it. Maybe he should pop in. Come on, Russell T. Get your bum <laughs> into our studio. <laughs> just saying, just saying, just putting it out there. That, I was just say, I think that would be a, a, a very crammed studio because I'm sure there's lots of people would like to like to be involved in that interview. Well, and his security guards, I guess. Yeah, might have to pre-record that one if we ever get the chance. And he's very tall as well. Is he? Oh, oh. I didn't know that. Yeah. And he's 60 today. Happy birthday, Russell T. Oh, Even more so now we've picked you up that you can come in. Yes, happy birthday, Russell. Yeah, happy birthday. So, 
Yeah, because uh, he, I mean, he's played a big part in in queer life, for want of a better yeah. better phrase. Because of course, um, um, queer as folk was, yep. you know, game changer back in its day. All the homophobes yep. hated it, but uh, yep. it well, went ahead. Channel Four just did what it yeah. did in such a special we way. Had, it was wanged it? all it's your writers sim- up. It's a sim- but before that, we had cucumber, melon, and um, banana. What? Banana. That was it. Yeah. Yes. Um, which which was on four more four and e four I think and it yes. was quite a stretch to try and watch them all unless you had catch up. So <laughs> yeah, um, it was yeah, a was radical station. Yeah. Um, it, did you ever was, see yeah. the tube or were you too young? I've seen clips. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. It was I the word the by the time well. I was old enough to watch TV. The word. Word. That was yeah. very Bristolian. <laughs> yeah, but that was how it said it. You should have the word. <laughs> it was. There was a few a, a few R's in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trust you to pick it out. <laughs> well, it's my language. <laughs> mm, my language. Correct me, love. <laughs> I love you, Steph. Do you? <laughs> I do. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> I was crying in the corner. <laughs> we can have a bruise in a minute. <laughs> oh. Um, Anyway, ne- next week uh, we've got lovely um, uh, award winner, um, shout out listeners, award winner Danny Beard on the show, haven't we? We have, we Which have, we starting, um, already started a tour, but is um, doing Bristol, Liverpool, uh, and a few other places I can't remember now, but we will reveal all next week. Mm, yeah, that'd be good, so... Yeah. Um, 20, I'm trying to think when it was because it was the last time it ran and that was before Covid so I think it was something like 2017 um, so it's quite quite a while ago yeah. 29 yeah, 20, yeah. no I think it was 2017 this is his first solo tour oh really yeah oh yeah. Oh, well good luck yeah well, so. I was say, lots, lots of things happening very very soon mm. and Eurovision yes. yes Yeah. oh we got a Eurovision special Yes, we have indeed. Yeah. Is that a couple of weeks' time? So yeah, it's something not like next that. week. Yeah. Yeah. It's not next week after. So we have to devote the whole show. Yeah. So it is mad because whenever Eurovision is on, my Facebook just literally gets filled with Eurovision. You know, it's like with my straight friends, it's like whether the FA Cup's on or something, and that's all they see is the footballers. <laughs> you got straight friends? <laughs> I have got straight friends. Thank you very much. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And they like Eurovision too, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm impressed. So. But yeah, that's um, it's up in Manchester, Liverpool. 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 You were close. I, uh, Liverpool. I'm very so it would have been lovely. Just if as it well, you're not going, isn't it? Would have been lovely if it had come to Bristol, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Uh, anyway, that's it for another week. As always, you can catch up with the show and many others online. Uh, all our shows are available on all good podcast services, as well as on our website, shoutoutradio.lgbt. If you'd like to get involved in LGBT Plus Radio, we're on the hunt for you. Get in touch on socials or our website. Um, next week, as I said, it's Shout Out Listeners Award winner Danny Beard will be joining us, amongst other things. So, um, from myself, from Terry, from Tara, from Andy, and the lovely Steph, say bye bye. Bye! Shout Out. LGBT Radio for you.